There is news. Uh, there is news. We have a new friend here at the Husker football program. Uh, wait. <laughs> friend. I don't know. We've got a new employee. Employee. Yeah. I, I'm so far off the hype train right now after the season we just had. Team no hype. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you know, after the season. Oh, no. I think I used everybody in the wrong context. But most people are have been toning down their hype significantly for this next season. It was bad last year. Because it was bad last year. Remember we... that time we thought that uh, Amar could legitimately be a Heisman contender this year? <laughs> Vegas released, like, the super early odds for uh, 2020 Heisman. Guess who's still third? Adrian Martinez. Because yeah, Husker fans are going to bet on them. So obviously not everybody's getting the no-hype memo. <laughs> I have I have one reaction to that. You ready for it? Hit me. This is the sound of Nebraska money going down the drain. Well idea. What if what if we like took all of that money? And we like used it to like fund stuff in Nebraska. Like, what if somehow, some way, the Nebraskan state government devoted all their resources to just collecting the bets from the Huskers and saying, "Sorry, Vegas, we we know this is going in the trash. Let's use it for good." At some point, we should have a conversation about how states handle sports gambling, but that's for a different time. That is for a different. <laughs> anyway, I just think Nebraskan fans should um curb their enthusiasm. <sighs> Okay. Well, one one thing that could prevent Husker fans from curbing their enthusiasm would be uh, if we were to make some changes around here. I did not expect us to make changes this early, but Coach Frost and the higher-ups have decided to mutually part ways with, <laughs> <laughs> with former offensive coordinator Troy Walters and that bring... has got a nice ring to it. It does. And bring in Matt Lubick. Yeah. Well, I, I I said I was surprised to see it this early, but the writing was on the wall when we were rumored to have offered Mickey Joseph, the wide receivers coach from LSU and former player, a job here. Why would he come here? <laughs> I honestly think that like if I were like a receivers coach at LSU and you offered me the head coaching job in Nebraska tomorrow, I would turn it down. You know what? Maybe. Because, like, down in the SEC, they pay their guys good. Yep. Like, everybody's mm-hmm. paid good. There's no pressure on you? No pressure. Who gives, a, who gives a rat about the receiver coach at LSU? That's got to be one of the, especially because you've got such a cult of personality around Coach O, that has to be such a chill job as far as college football goes. Yeah. I don't see any reason you would ever leave that job. Less so for a team who, like, not only like desperately underperformed expectations this year, but like doesn't seem necessarily certain to be headed on a positive trajectory. You know? Yeah. I'd ra- I don't even know. I don't want to get too far into conjecture at this point. Yeah. And and there are differing reports on whether we offered him and he turned us down, like you would advise him to do, and or we just never offered him at all and that Matt Lubick was the guy we looked at from the start. Lubick's resume is, um, let's just say, uh, shaky, I'd say. 
because because he, he has some decent high high points on his resume, like his time at Oregon under Scott Frost. That was obviously in a great spot for Oregon football. You know, that was I believe the end of the Mariota years, like best offense and playoffs, getting guys drafted, just stuff you'd like to see in a college football offense. And he was the receivers coach for that. And the kind of offense that we're trying to run right now. Yes. So so he's worked with Scott and had success with Scott before. But then he moved to Washington. And, um, well... Uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't pan out? And six months later, he was working at a credit union. You're kidding. You haven't heard that yet? What year was this? In 2018... Uh, he was the coordinator at Washington. I forgot offensive coordinator, wide receiver, coach one of the two, probably both. Anyways, and he just quit in the offseason, worked at a credit union for a year, and this is his first job back. At LSU? No. This is Matt Lubick we're talking about. Wait, the guy we got? The guy we just hired. We hired <laughs> away, not from a school, but from a credit union. Where was the credit game? Colorado. Matt Lubick. You're, this is one of your games, right? No. I am 100% serious that Matt Lubick's last employment was at a credit union in Colorado. I'm looking at the press release. Matt Lubick joins Canvas Credit Union family. Yup. Wow. We just can't get enough of Canvas here at UNL. Um, oh, he coached at Colorado State for a while. Yeah, his his dad was the coach there for a while. I see. Okay. So he's got Colorado roots. Yes. And, I was confused about why a Nebraska player was going to do well in Colorado. Like, I see why a former player and coach would become a banker. Because I feel like a lot of that job very frequently is like, Ah, yeah, my name's Matt, and I'm going <laughs> to shake your hand. You want to get a bank done right it's just like you know <laughs> let me convince you to let me move your money around because stonks stonks and like you know that's all well and good yeah but and his tail end of his coaching career at washington he basically kind of took the year off while he was still employed like he left that washington wide receiver cupboard bare and like, wow. yeah, so but that he was the wide receivers coach of the year in 2012. In 2012 at Duke, he, he two of those guys from Duke went to the NFL, I believe. Really? For just Duke to get any player in the NFL is an accomplishment. But like two from the same position class, if I'm remembering this correctly. Oh, he followed Scott as offensive coordinator. Yes. And then because that was the year Scott left for UCF. And then, you know, Oregon. Kind of went down the drain that year. I believe they lost to Nebraska. <laughs> so, yeah. But let me uh, emphasize that that was not on Lubick the year he was offensive coordinator at Oregon. They were 29th in the nation in offense total, and their defense was 126th. So, <laughs> it was not his fault they went 4-8, and eight, but they did go 4-8 and eight with him on their staff. So... <laughs> Yeah, a very, very mixed bag of 
things in his resume. Yeah, no kidding. But all in all, it's kind of about the guy, the resume of a guy we'd expect to hire. Like, n- not a guy who, like, would leave for a credit union, but a guy who knows Frost's offense, who has coached well before, and... Who is willing to come to Nebraska. Is willing to come to Nebraska. <laughs> Man. So, I guess we should probably do a little, rep- like, a post-mortem piece on our former offensive coordinator. Troy- thoughts on that? Troy Walters, um... I don't really know. I don't really know exactly what all he did. Do like, we feel like, like was he a... calling the plays even? Like, because Scott's calling the plays this year. Do we feel like this was a scapegoat hire? I I can see Scott. Like, I don't think he did this directly. Like, I do think some of this was performance based, but he does. But this does seem like a little bit of keeping the fans happy, almost. It's the pressure off a little bit. The... I I we you know, we have zero insider information i have no idea um i i don't even know if he was the first choice for the job to begin with they said he was but they're not going to come out and say unless that was like our fifth choice but thankfully we got somebody no they're they're gonna talk up their new guy Mm -hmm. so but i'm sure i'm sure someone somewhere really knows you Mm -hmm. know and i'm not that guy i i don't know enough to be convinced that this is necessarily a scapegoat fire. Uh, what I will say is Scott has been pretty hands-on with this offense. Mm-hmm. Which means, you know, when, when I'm th- sure that there were important things happening. But I'm, I'd be curious to know the legitimate impact that this person had on the program. I, I can't tell you. I don't know that, that we really necessarily know past that level of like, well, Scott seems to be running the show. Yeah. You know, but we'll see. And and Scott, like, swapping out this guy for, like, another one of his, like, close friends who knows the offense. I don't know, like, maybe the vibes were just off or something and then this will work. I don't know. But I do think this is necessary to keep the engagement going and... This has undoubtedly bought Scott more time. Like, oh, yeah. Like the same. This like not extend him another three years or anything. But th- this is gonna keep him coasting past. Like after the Purdue game, I said I I'd, I'd put money on him being fired by <laughs> the end of 2022. I that was kind of a reactionary statement that w- that I would wish to retract now. I think this keeps him going past my graduation date. Scott. <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Who knows? Who honestly knows? What? It all depends on... This year has to be... A bowl. We gotta make a bowl. We gotta make a bowl. And then we gotta keep making bowls. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because... I honestly... Like, yeah, I don't know if we get many more years not making bowls. Mm -hmm. I don't think two more of those in the next four... You almost think you have to go three for four or four for four in the next four. And you almost have to do it this coming year. Yes. Well, Which I, is a tall order. I, yeah. Especially in the next couple of years with the schedules that we have. That's in the conference right now. Now, that could change a lot in the next mm-hmm. couple of years, right? I don't know. Yeah. 
Like, I'd say, you know, if you don't make a bowl year three, there's a high chance he would be coaching for his job in year four. Oh, yeah. That's that's kind of the trajectory I'm sensing here. Mm-hmm. But, well, Scott, Scott, after losses, keeps on talking about how he'll... He wants to do this more than anyone. He wants to turn this around. He knows the right way to do it. And 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 implicit in that is that he legitimately believes he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Which is which I I guess is what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want you want some level of self belief. I think we occasionally in Nebraska had too far on the other end of that, where it gets to be like, oh wow, you're pretty sure you can get this done, and it doesn't look like you're doing it sometimes. But you know. Yeah, and. And this is also like a criticism of Bo Pelini was that he was too loyal to his guys on the assistance staff. Yeah, and that was the kind of thing people would have worried about with a personality type and vibe like Scott's. Yes, so so that sort of eases those worries away. But as far as grand impact on how this goes on the football field, right now we can only really wait and see with that because, again, this guy's been all over the place in terms of good recruiting and really terrible recruiting in terms of good wide receiver coaching and having fans happy to see him working at a credit union far far away from their state Mm -hmm. again i think maybe washington was just a really bad fit for him and he'll get his head cleared but the thing is he has not coached from 2018 he's not coached since 2018 let me clarify my word soup there and now He's going to get back with the guy who he's had the most success with, and we'll see what happens. There, yeah. are, there are also rumors of a Mark Helfrick, former Oregon coach, joining as an offensive analyst. What I, is an offensive analyst even do? <laughs> Analyze offenses? Like, <laughs> hmm. sits in a, he sits in the press box with the offensive coordinator. Uh, he'll read some things off of a clipboard, and I don't know. I could do it. Yep. <laughs> I'm good at reading things from clipboards. They're one of my favorite things to read off of. Heck, I'll do it from half of whatever you're potentially paying Hellfrich, okay? Oh, I'll do it for a quarter. I I promise you that that is more than I'll probably make in my chosen profession, so... Heck, I'd do it for a literal quarter. Yeah, it's for the exposure, man. It's for the exposure. We can't afford to pay you right now, but this will be great exposure for your next Shutters. Shutters in millennial. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the Nebraska football news we've had this week. Nice. <laughs> Is it positive? Let us know. We don't know. God help us all. We don't know. God help us all. <laughs> now, now, other states bullcrap. Other states bullcrap. There is one thing that can make us talk about college basketball before March. Yep. And that's a fight! It's a fight! (laughs) I really didn't think we'd talk about it, except once it was, like, Big Ten tournament time, we'd probably be like, and Nebraska has a basketball team. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Because this has been a very transitional year for Husker basketball. Positives and negatives, ups and downs. Like, it would have been plenty to talk about if I could mentally do that to myself, but I'm not gonna, because I don't make this show for money. I make it for fun, and it's not fun to deal with this team right now. No. (laughs) Yeah, give Hoiberg a couple more years, and I think we'll know who he is and what he's doing. I think we know who he is and what he's doing. I don't know if we know that it works yet. That's okay. where I'm at. But, like, what he's doing is clear. Mm. Okay. It's, I, I think people can see the plan. 
Don't yeah. you? Yeah, from the from what I've watched of it, which, yeah. which admittedly isn't much. This not a whole year. lot, but you get the vibe of like, okay, three and D type stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. which admittedly is one of my favorite types of basketball to watch. <laughs> um, but like, but like you need the guys in that system, and, and you need to consistently have average or better night shooting, and we don't always do that. No. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. But elsewhere in college basketball, it's actually been a very wild year. Like, number one has seemed to be like a cursed spot. We haven't talked about any of that, by the way, because... (laughs) But now we are going to talk about college basketball because somebody tried to throw a chair at somebody. A stool. Not just a chair. I think a chair undersells the intent of what he was doing here. I'm going to pull up this footage because this footage is spectacular. Dude, you're right. I gotta watch this again. I'm just gonna watch the whole... Yes. So... I for, we're talking about the footage. You have to see this. If if somehow you have avoided the Kansas Kansas State fight uh up until this point, it was the Kansas Kansas State game, always you know, a little bit content. It's a rivalry game. Yep, it, I don't know that it's a hot rivalry game because Kansas State not that good at basketball. And Kansas uh, not that good at football. Nope. So so, so they just kind of trade back and forth and this is kind of just like the ceremonial destructurationing <laughs> of Kansas State. A plus English and, 100. And here we are with one second left on the clock. No, it start, the whole sequence starts with 10.7 seconds. Should so, I turn so off the gotta, broadcast? You got to watch this. Okay, so 23 for Kansas. I should, um, I should know his name. He's probably very good if he's playing at Kansas. He dribbles the ball up court, and he's just going to dribble out these last five seconds. Kansas State, number five, catches him lacking and steals the ball from him with 4.6 seconds left in an 81-59 game. Is that necessary? Absolutely not. So, he breaks that unwritten rule and he goes down to the other end and gets absolutely... Well, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna take it to the house. Give Kansas State fans something to smile about on the way home. 23, whose name I believe is Silvio D'Souza. Yes. If, if if we were on TV right now, I would put a big yellow circle around this guy with my magic marker uh-huh. and say, keep your eye on D'Souza. It's madness. You got to watch it. You got to watch it from multiple angles. You're going to spend an hour just watching what happens next. So so after he volleyball spikes that ball out of oh, bounds, it's an epic block. Dude, it's incredible. Like, I because this is part of my argument later. <laughs> like, holy crap. It's one of those moments where you feel like you might be watching Space Jam or something. <laughs> like it, it's otherworldly, and you watch the Kansas State player's soul be ripped <laughs> off of his body and sent straight to the abyss. Like, it's the most demoralizing thing. It, it's like an instant meme. I gotta put this in slow mo. It's almost comical, people. It, it's really like. Like oh, I, no. I, I just picture chariots oh, of fire God. in the background, it's and like look at that. He does a euro stage. step. Yeah, he euro steps no one, and then gets slaughtered. Uh, it it hurts. It, it hurts. Really does. Then and he slides out of bounds past the hoop, and the Souza comes and stands over him now, like so. Now hold on, hold on. Saying that makes that sound worse than it is. Because when somebody said to me, I had this first verbally described to me before I watched it. When somebody said to me, 
that D'Souza stands over him, I'm envisioning D'Souza walking up and literally like straddling this man and looking down on him. That's not what's occurring. He comes up, he stands next to him. Uh, I'd say in front of his feet. Like like his feet, yeah, are, his I mean, feet are looking. above like the, sh the shoe ankle portion and he's just like staring down like, don't try that on me. Yeah, he's clearly, he's clearly giving him some lip. Mm-hmm. And then, so all the other players come running towards, like, yeah. because that's an obvious sign of disrespect. Well, uh, so here's the thing. What I have heard is that it was not about to be a fight and that the Kansas State players moved over to help the Kansas State player up and the Kansas players were about to go celebrate because they'd just beaten their rival. And the, the, the trouble was that they all looked over and saw the other team headed in the same direction as them after presumably one of their guys and it was just mutually assured destruction from then on out because people assumed that the other side was ready for a scrape. And it was a tense moment, right? Yes. Like you see that and you know that that's not gonna go unanswered. And then you see him stand over the guy and you think, I really thought, like if you paused it there, you actually just missed a key moment. So, okay. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I analyzed the hell out of this last night. My poor girlfriend was sitting there like, <laughs> when I like watched the footage and Beth was just like, why do you care? And I'm like, look at the angle of his wrist, like. So anyway. Okay. P point out to me. Is, is this the key moment or yeah. is it further back? No, it's it's literally right after this. Okay. Because I'm going to put this in. When, so so um, Kansas speed. State player runs into D'Souza right there. Right there. It's the, the punch. The, the grab. That's like a grab of a hand. That's that's barely a punch. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Like, like it's that. It's a punch. Look, that's a closed fist coming at him. Okay. That's, that's a punch. Now, I'm not saying that like... Because what had just happened is a Kansas State player, as he's standing, as Sylvia D'Souza is standing over this guy that he's okay. just distrubulated. Um, I like this shot the best. It's like, this is like... No, there are way better shots later in the sequence. There are, but I, I just want to describe this shot at the, at the 22 second mark real quick. Look at this. They're all making like a little huddle around the hoop. There's nothing going on in the middle. It's like it's like a dance circle almost. almost and then like, and then on the far right corner, two guys are punching each other. Yeah, you can tell a rumble's about to start. It's it's kind of magical. I think there are a lot of images from this that are just like incredible. So once you've seen the video, you have to look at some stills because it's also cool how different things paint people in different lights. Because that moment where you see it in the broadcast footage, which is what we're looking at, ESPN put it up, the, it's called Massive Brawl Breaks Out at the End of Kansas, Kansas State, you'll be able to find it, it's the ESPN channel. I have, a, I have a question, who is this guy in the gray pants? Okay. Dude, I don't know, there's so many randos in this whole thing that it's yeah. impossible to tell exactly. Because this guy in the gray pants and this guy in the suit, they're dishing it out too. But no one's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, random fans were just like, now it's time to fight. So, <laughs> D'Souza gets knocked over by a Kansas State player who's coming in to help up his buddy. Oh. And then D'Souza wheels around and says, well, if you're just about to tackle me, now we're going to fight. So then, by this point, the guy who, who tried to dunk on D'Souza has jumped up and started yelling at him. This is when D'Souza throws the first punch. 
technically crosses, which we'll talk about this later, <laughs> crosses this imaginary line of like, oh no, oh no, we've really crossed an immorality too. Like shoving is okay. Uh, but but the second you really throw a punch on a basketball court, oh god, oh jeez, oh my god. You're, you're destroying the game. Yeah. You should be ashamed you're of yourself. The game. This is not why college athletics exists. College athletics exists to make old white men rich. <laughs> I forget who it was, but somebody said this fight was a stain on everyone who's ever worn a college basketball uniform. The sheer hyperbole. So, the first time you watch it, well, well, okay, where I'm at in the video, he just picked up the stool. We should talk about the stool. Yeah, we should. But, but actually, honestly, because this all goes way off the rails once they get to the stands. So I'm actually trying to get things out my face hole before we get to the stands because I don't even know where this podcast is going to go when we try and talk about the sheer storm that ensues when they actually hit the stands. So right now, they're in basically the paint below the basket yes in that gray area of like yeah, uh, not court not stand yes just just picture my image earlier of a dance circle and imagine that forming around the basketball hoop yeah. and they're like go hoop go hoop mm-hmm. go hoop and then at the this, uh, at, at, at the far right corner of that dance circle is where the the punchy 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 is happening right in front <laughs> of the floor seats yes Let's continue to play this in slow-mo. Yeah, oh man, but you're missing so much because here, there's the the moment, so you gotta stop there. (laughs) Anyway, what I want want to make clear, I've lost my train of thought. Do you see how tough this is to talk about? There's so many things happening. Yes. Um... Oh, what was I gonna say? This is so beautiful. I love, I love the cameraman behind the cheerleaders, behind the fight, who is just reaching that camera over. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. There's so many different motives at play. It feels like a, like a slowly moving tableau. Like, the reporters want to see things. There are fans from both sides who are either getting into scraps or pulling over their guys. There's, like, old dudes who are in disgust. There's, like, college kids who are cheering them on. Not to mention, this game's a blowout. Yes. And it's in the last 10 seconds, which means, like... It's literally over at this point. The zero... Uh, no, it's not. No, it is not. It is displaying final score, but the game is not actually over. And we will get back to this, and I have thoughts. There are so many pins and so many things here. We need some yarn, some cork, and a big... We need the world's biggest cork board in the world. Yes. We just need circles like, who is this guy? What's his motive? Why is 24 hugging his own player? It's been like a day and a half, but this deserves a deep rewind. Um... Can I continue to hit play some more? Cause, cause... No, because I have one more thing to say. Okay. You really should watch this entire nine-minute video. You should do it several times, and you should do it when your girlfriend's present. <laughs> but what you need to do the first time is watch it with the commentary and share my utter disgust <laughs> at the moral condemnation of what is happening. And here is my broad, overarching point about this entire thing. Athletics are an aggressive endeavor. Yes. People get fired up, and we want this, and that's what we glorify. We talk about passion. We talk about heart. We quite literally use the word fight to describe what we want out of college athletes, and then, and then, particularly, 
I think, in college athletics. There's this strange, hollowed shrine around what this is supposed to be, and we call it sportsmanship. Even though it has literally never been that. Like, this is the part where I get into ridiculous hyperbole. Sportsmanship is dead. Sportsmanship died when you took these athletes and decided not to give them any compensation for the work they're doing. Sportsmanship died when you made this a spectacle worth millions and millions of dollars and cut these people out of the process. Sportsmanship died when old white dudes started running entire universities around this. This is a business. This is an entertainment product. And we know you love this. And ESPN, we know you love to get to spread moral condemnation because it means we watch. And we want to watch because, frankly, this is what it's about. This is when competition boils over and we enjoy that. I'm not saying that we should not suspend people. I'm not saying that people should walk out of this without consequences. Obviously, they should. But for the love of God, the idea that this is just so reprehensible, that this is just so unmistakably horrible and, and impossible to understand is complete another Austin, you censor that, I will beat you senseless. This is unbelievable to me and drives me crazy and flies in the face of, of, of so many things that I think sports are actually about. We want athletes to care. We want athletes to feel until they feel too much. Now this all has to come out. I'm sorry, I'm on a roll, Justin. This all has to come out of my face before he picks up the chair. Because then I need to put in a caveat. So D'Souza, if you're you know being bad at being a podcast listener and haven't looked up this fight, which I've told you to do several times, because you're not going to get anything out of this if you don't. Scolding listeners, it's great for views. But, um... Or listens. We don't. You don't view a podcast. I, I'm I love kid. these thumbnails so much. <laughs> Took my towel. And there's a guy with the steel, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Dude, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because Dickie V and Stephen A. get to sit there and shake their heads. And then Max Kellerman gets to do my job and be like, hey guys, don't you think that maybe this is part of sports? And then Stephen A. Smith comes up and is like, no, Max Kellerman, I do not agree with you. You do not understand the consequences, the sacredness of college athletics. Like, Larry Bird wouldn't do this. Larry Bird would literally punch you if you tried to drive in the lane against him. Dude, basketball in general used to be like a street fight where occasionally basketball would break out. I don't know where we got so worked up about this. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Hockey is a sport in which this is regular and players self-police themselves and there is an acceptable way to do this and there is an unacceptable way to do this. Baseball, exact same thing. But, but hockey players have like helmets and stuff. Yeah, these guys are freaking huge guys. No one was legitimately in danger until the chair. The ch so, Philip, uh, the... Uh, Stool. I would like to clarify this. This was a stool, not a You're chair. You're really hung up on the shape of the chair, Justin. It's a Because this chair. makes it so hilarious. Okay. That's a stool. It is very like, 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 picture like an old Western movie, and like, like Gunslinger Jenkins comes into the saloon, and they're like, "We don't like your kind here, cowboy." Jenkins decides not to sling his gun and instead slings a bar stool at something. Yes, like, like, imagine like, you know, old. <laughs> 
like like the old cowboy, old Hoss McGee is just sitting there on the bar stool, and then Gunslinger Jenkins comes in and is like, you don't like me, or I don't like you, and he just rips the stool out from under old man Jenkins and starts beating everyone up with the stool. Now, D'Souza doesn't hit anybody. Nobody, the stool makes contact with absolutely no one. Because, okay, let's watch this. We are at the part of the stool, my favorite part in the whole set. <laughs> you said stool. I, it was a stool. Okay, so, like, D'Souza's trying to get out of the way. Uh, now, he, see, he sees the stool. You see the moment where he sees the stool on the floor, mm -hmm. picks it up, and then Orange Hat Guy is like, Savior of the universe. No, no, don't do that. Who is this guy? Is he the mop boy? I think he might be the mop boy. Or like a security personnel man or something. He looks a bit old to be a mop boy. But anyways, he has the body of a mop boy. So he is there, <laughs> standing in the way of big basketball man with stool. He's like, no! And his hand is like, the, just barely on that thing. Like, do not hit with this. And then he's like... He looks at him, and he's like, Ugh, no, I'm going to hit with this. And then blue shirt guy comes running from the stands. And this is when Sousa is at, like... Uh, the chair's above his head. The chair's above his head. It's like, he picture Doodle Bob with the pencil, and that's him with the stool. So he so he's in position Doodle Bob right now, and then blue shirt guy is running towards him, while uh, Mop Boy still has his arm hooked around the top of the chair. <laughs> Mop Boy... Gets the chair thrown away from him, not thrown. Mop Boy gets the chair moved away from him, and then Blue Shirt Guy tries to grasp for the ends of the stool. And then... It was- it gets ripped out of him by some random guy in a suit who just runs up. As D'Souza is like, I'm gonna fight somebody over here now. Here's my thing. Now this is where my, like, Zapruder filming of this got really, really, like... Zaprudery? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was such an anticlimactic ending after. That's such an anticlimactic ending after I hyped up blue shirt man and orange hat well, guy. So here's the controversy in my mind. <laughs> it looks like Superman, <laughs> the third guy. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Number fourteen was trying to jump the scores table, but he couldn't do it. Yeah, if you're gonna try and jump the scores table, you need to be sure you can clear it. I couldn't, which is why I won't jump the scorer's table. And then what about casually red shirt guy? I believe he's a Kansas bench player. Hands in his pockets, just walking towards it. What's like, going on, guys? Uh, you got a little kerfuffle going on over here. What's happening? And then those poor cheerleaders, like, this is their area of the court. Dude. And one of them's just hanging out. Like, you need to see, because later in the broadcast, we're only 35 seconds in, and I promise you, we're going to go through all nine minutes of this. Later in the broadcast, one of the funniest scenes is when um, I love Mr. This. Random Kansas Cheerleader Guy, who looks like Sunshine from Remember the Titans, turns around, and I think the words he's saying is, Oh, God, why? <laughs> like he's watching children look at how, in front of him. Look at, look at the security guard who's trying to break this thing up. Everything, there's somebody in a wheelchair right here. Dude, well, yeah, because when you think about it, like that's exactly where handicapped people get put in basketball games, mm -hmm. is like on the floor... And this is like another very underrated spot. Look at the mascot. He is covering his eyes. How, yeah, how adorable is that? Oh, this is, it's, it's just the most unbelievable Conti thing. Continuing to press, why did I unfull screen it? Press play on so this. So the chair clatters to the ground, but it falls in a way that makes me think D'Souza was actually dropping it before 
suit guy gets a hand on it. And we can look at that again. Is there an alternate angle? Okay, cheerleader finally gets out of here. One of the cheerleaders, but there's a whole row of them, and four of them had just gotten, like, mauled. Oh, Whoa, look at Mr. Jive Dance on the end here. Back it up, back it up. I think he's got a press pass. <laughs> Check out in the lane right Whoa. now. Whoa! He's stepping over a, 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 like a cable, but that was such an excessive leg kick. I know. What he needed to do. Dude, like, there's so many. It's like a Where's Waldo, but everyone's moving and panicking. <laughs> I love that so much. It's like, let's, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it. Thank you for so noticing that. Look up in the stands now, because there's some great stuff that goes on. Ooh, up there's there. a Viking, huh? Dude, it's it's, ma it's really a Where's Waldo. Like people are in costumes. It's crazy. The ref is trying to eject somebody. I don't know who. Yeah, the fact that the refs are like on the periphery of this, and like the cops are doing more than the refs at this point. And the, and so now look at backwards hat. <laughs> frat boy here. Oh, oh, frat boy. Okay. So, I'm gonna keep my cursor on Frat Boy so I can follow him. Oh gosh, I can only imagine what's being yelled. I just don't understand what these two are doing. Like, for a second, it looks like they're holding hands. Oh, you're right. You're like, right. they're having a whole very, very gay romantic moment in front of everybody. Frat Boy and Discount Spider Man decide to have a loving embrace. Now, the coach here, Coach, Coach. Coach Lars here is like, looks like he's being crucified, but you can't see the cross. And he's just got his arms out like Christ the Redeemer here. And is like just totally confused. Okay. There's so much happening. Continue to press play. He's, this guy's pointing at somebody. Lots of pointing going on. Folks are hollering. Yellow shirt guy's here, but I don't know what he's he, doing. Oh, 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 he just broke up the whole fight. He did. Like the fight's pretty much over now. This is just the aftermath. And, and just... the, the aftermath is glorious, folks. Like, I think watching people be like, what just happened is way more entertaining than the fight. So, De like, D'Souza's still in the stands, and he's getting shoved by Kansas fans out of the out of the stands. Watch him. You see him? Is it, is he's see... right up. His head's on the corner of the ESPN sign right now. Are you playing it forwards or backwards? This is forwards. So the Kansas players are still in the stands with their own fans. The Kansas State players have done a pretty good job of getting the hell off the court, which we will come back to. Okay, here we go. So, alternate. Hey, AirPods. Oh, so that was a orange orange hat guy was a cameraman with AirPods, and then Paul Blart is back there, and then <laughs> is that not Paul Blart? Oh my God, I didn't even notice Paul Blart. People are, like, aghast, too. Like, they've got one hand on their cell phone and the other hand over their mouth. Old guy. Uh, oh, this other old this guy. person in the hat there with the long sleeves. The mullet? I think it might be a woman. You'll see them later, though, and they're hilarious. It's Kansas. <laughs> it says final score. They're walking off. Look at how many keys that officer has. Yeah, cops carry a lot of keys, and I always wonder what they're to. Or if it's just His like, name's JJ Beard, but he doesn't have a beard. No. Are, are cops allowed to have beards? It's not like they're priests. Oh. And only or, priests or like New York Yankee. Can't have beards. <laughs> Should I fast mode this part? Yeah, we can go back to regular speed. Regular speed, not 1.25. So now they show it again. From regular broadcast angle. I'm waiting for new. It's actually funny to see it sped up. Because I'm watching what my eye gets drawn to. 
And it is D'Souza. Okay. Like, oh. every time... Nick, Nick, close your eyes. I'm going to do something that's probably just going to work on this podcast. Wait. Can we make this into a GIF and post it? Please? Watching the fight on 1.5 speed with yakety sacks in the background. We have to make this into a YouTube video. <laughs> Look at- oh, oh god, people, it's so perfect. We gotta post this. I'll put that on my YouTube. Oh, there's- there's the guy! No, we gotta slow back down because I have thoughts. That Sunshine! Day. There's Sunshine! That's like- I told you he looks like Sunshine from Remember the Titans! He looks more like a teenage Elizabeth Warren if she was a dude. Mmm, that's a terrifying thought, so I'm not even gonna address it. <laughs> okay, so should we go back to slow-mo? Because we missed a lot in our yakety well, well, saxing. Go back to the new angle. Now, here we're gonna start to see new stuff. The new angle under the basket of this is actually really interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's not interesting, I just wanted to see it again, because... He, I mean, it looks like a volleyball spike. It's not even a block. He just destroys That's the That's arguably a goaltend if it hit the backboard first. Now he comes down. Yeah. Kansas State is rolling. And look where his foot lands. That foot. Oh, oh that's getting nice and snuggly with his hip yeah, there. But it's not over him. Okay, he's, he's not straddling. He's in no legitimate physical danger. D'Souza wants to chat, and he's going to do it. Kansas Look State does face. not know where he is. He does not know his name. He is totally lost right now. And then somebody shoves into him, and then somebody shoves into the guy shoving into him, and then, you know, stoner hippie dude gets knocked over. Uh, pudgy cheerleader. Uh, I should stop describing people as pudgy. Uh, cheerleader with a buzz cut comes in and tries to intervene. Male cheerleader. I don't male know why the Kansas male cheerleaders get in, as involved as they do, but oh my god, do they get involved. <laughs> dude, dude, they're all over this They thing. do. Like, you're not wrong. So, pudgy frontman's throwing throwing punches. Look look at the girl Sun in the Kansas sweatshirt. She was yelling her head off. I hope they show her again. Okay. Sunshine is just utterly lost. D'Souza comes back now, throws what is clearly a closed fist. Mm-hmm. What is he? Some, he's holding a, this guy's still holding his clipboard. I love it. Well, where were you going to put it? When did you have the time to lose it? So now Sunshine... Now back it up. Back it up a little bit. Sunshine <laughs> just got hit by his own co-male cheerleader. Oh, by, uh, by Buzzcut? By, by Pudgy Buzzcut's elbow. Pudgy Buzzcut. That's going to be my username when Watch I sign this. up for forums. <laughs> I also think that the K-State players are fighting just as hard. They're just bad at it. See, watch. Boom! <laughs> oh, also, like, balding journo man is just so confused. Did you see him? Yeah. He's like, what am I watching? So then D'Souza goes spilling into the stands. That ref looks like Doug fans. Flutie. Look! This is the why God why moment. This is the true renaissance painting of, like, what has become of my poor village. Yeah. His kind of and, and random cheerleader girl with a sunflower in her hair. Because this game is legitimately called The, the Sunflower, sunflower Showdown. Showdown. There was a fight at the Sunflower Showdown, ladies and gentlemen. That sentence makes me so 
freaking happy. Oh, so so so, so, so here's chair. the stool. Here's the stool. And look at this. His hands, his hands are totally off the thing at this point. Yeah. He releases it before Suit Man gets a hold of it. Okay, let's look at this. This is like a rent. This is. We describe things as Renaissance paintings often when they get out of hand. This is the most Renaissance-y thing I've seen since Washington crossing the Delaware. Like that wasn't a Renaissance painting, but okay. Same thing. So, so we've Although, got so we've got John Bolton looking guy over here. We've got Suit Man, and we've got the guy with the stool. And they're I don't all know that John Bolton man matters. I think we're really just focusing on. <laughs> We gotta narrow this down. I don't want to go against uh, going down false leads here. We're looking at number twenty-two, and we're looking at Suitman. Was Suitman the same Kansas State assistant coach with the clipboard? Yes. Has he since lost the clipboard? Let's. He watch. has since lost the clipboard. Now watch. Okay, so there's a hand. One hand is. I think that back hand is actually off the stool. Right there. Yeah, the back hand gets lifted off as soon as the assistant coach, with the hand free of clipboard, Which means reaches for it. D'Souza is holding this thing with one hand. Now, yeah, he dropped it. He dropped it. No one had to wrestle it out of his hands. And that's something that gets talked about later that people legitimately were not looking for. D'Souza drops the stupid thing. It bounces off his back, and then I, I don't think anybody gets the hit by it. The only person who it hits is himself. Yes. He drops it. Now, would he have realized that if someone wasn't running for it? Possibly not. I think that he clearly thinks in the moment, like, oh, no, I shouldn't brain someone right now. <laughs> Which, you know, props to Miles Garrett is a skill that more athletes need to know. I don't think Miles Garrett deserves props, but okay. Props was not the word I was no, looking for there. I can't stop looking at sunshine. <laughs> Look at look at that! No, oh, he's yeah, he's protecting his girl. He's some some something's just somebody's just laying on the floor here. Yeah, some people definitely get sprawled out. Is it? Are we still moving? We're moving real slow. So yeah, now backwards hat guy's involved. Now he's a part of things. Oh, oh so my my Dan Labertard show listeners will appreciate this if if there's any overlap between podcasts. But he looks exactly like Chris Cody. Okay. So Chris Cody's hugging Travis Scott, and then uh, Souza drops the stool. It bounces off his back. Spider-Man guy is holding this guy back, and then John Legend is being held by Pudgy. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> legitimately like throwing punches at their own fans at this point. <laughs> Old guy's angry. He's yelling at him. That isn't the way we do things in the Sunflower Showdown, boys. <laughs> You're going to hear about this from Stephen A. Smith, boys. <laughs> Mark my words, my crotchety crotchety old man boomer words. <laughs> the cop is helping this Kansas fan who just fell down up. Oh yeah, he just grabs that lady and like yeets her back to standing. It's terrifying. I would hate to be her. <laughs> this scores table guy looks like he's about to take a nap. He's like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just going to keep my head down and not. This cop is trying to figure out who this jacket belongs to. <laughs> Which I find hilarious. Cheer, cheerleader girl is like, what? Things are happening in the other direction? I'll look away from the fight. So, so now now they go back and they're they're looking at the replay to get numbers to eject people. So you can you can put it back to normal speed because this is literally just the referees. You bring it back. Okay. Like, there's about a second left when all of this goes down, which becomes important and we need to chat about. Did this guy get the ball from that whole thing? Yep. I would run out of the arena if I was this guy. I got the basketball from the moment of the Kansas-Kansas State brawl. Like, 
he doesn't have that wherewithal, man. Dog, I would I would immediately sell that thing because you know no one's gonna really care. No, you like you wait for it to appreciate. Yeah, but like in two years, like, do you think people are still gonna? Yeah, I think this will be like an artifact of Kansas, Kansas State. Like, I could legitimately see this as like beef that spills over to football, beef that somehow gets settled by students in the future. <laughs> Yeah, it's gnarly. Gnarly. LeVar Ball is the ref. There are kids. There are just two kids hanging out there. Yeah, that's totally weird. They're, they're both in green shirts, so... <laughs> okay, so so guy in your Kansas sweatshirt just takes that jacket the cop was trying to find out who belongs to, and I don't even know if that was his jacket. That's a good business opportunity. Just take a jacket. <laughs> Mullet person is utterly confused. Whoever that guy is, he's... Uh, you could watch this one time for every person. <laughs> so now the Kansas State players are, like, milling around, and no one knows why they're not leaving the court. And the announcers say, Hey, last year, didn't we put in that rule that says you have to finish a basketball game? So now they're going to go back to the clock. And if you look, wait, 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 pause it. Pa oh, actually, slow that part down. <laughs> they're showing the game clock. With 4.2 seconds left, he steals it. It leaves with about 7 tenths of a second left on the clock. The ball leaves the court and is out of play, meaning that they have to finish the game. <laughs> and somebody gets some foul shots. Uh, so they decide it's Tech. They decide it's specifically on D'Souza. And thus... Both teams have to send five men back out to the court to watch the guy who just got mauled shoot foul shots. <laughs> Which is the most awkward thing ever. Gross. Now, he has to shoot two. Meaningless free throws. I looked up. I looked it up. It doesn't even matter for the spread. <laughs> then they inbound the ball. I don't even think Kansas had a full Everyone five Everyone runs away. Like, the Kansas players are practically sprinting across the floor. And, and these are all just bench warmers from Kansas. Like, none of these guys had seen no, any be, action prior. Be, because they walk over the coaches and basically say, if you have anybody who wasn't involved, put them in. Okay. And then we get Stephen A. At the... it, it's literally like a package promo. He doesn't <laughs> say anything in this video. Yeah. Yep. This, I think we've this fight some... lasted longer than McGregor's. <laughs> That's pretty good. I liked it. Okay. Did you see Terrence Crawford might fight McGregor? I do not get why that would make sense from any side. You no, know, it's really cool because they're not doing it like they did the McGregor-Mayweather fight. It's a one and one So Crawford fights him once AMA, and then a month later they box. Can Crawford even do MMA, though? Like, I... I, I... Yeah, he used to kickbox. And he used to do taekwondo and wrestling. Okay, though. So he's grappled before, just like McGregor used to be a boxer. I think they'll go one and one. But here's my thing. I like it because it gives Terrence something to do while Manny Pacquiao runs around and decides to be a coward. He should fight Spence. Spence is who's being a coward. Nope, it's Pacquiao. Pacquiao's past his prime. He's lost to so many guys by now. I can't even, it's not even a surprise when he loses anymore. I want to see him fight the next big thing, and that's Errol Spence, the young guy in the weight class who's been ducking him for so long because the promoters don't know what they're doing. He has been ducking him. Yeah. 
Errol Spence, because I know you're listening, stop ducking him. Just get beat up by an Omaha boy and go home. Amen. More people ought to do that. So Sometimes that Omaha boy's not from Omaha, and his name's Silvio D'Souza. You gotta get beat up by him and go home, Kansas State. I'm not even, I don't even like Kansas basketball. In fact, Kansas basketball annoys the hell out of me. But tonight, todos somos los mantequillos. Esta noche somos mantequilla. Esta noche somos, somos mantequilla. Levitard show lit listeners, I know you get that. So... There's other basketball that's not college fights at the moment. That is the NBA, which, Nick, you are starting to become a fan of. Yeah, my hat evidence is that. They can't see your hat, Nick. I know that's the idea. They can't see my hat. Oh, that's right. That is right. So, this weekend, hopefully, I will upload... If Nick can get his crap together, there's yeah. the subtext there. <laughs> I will upload the decision, Nick's decision of an NBA franchise. He has made the decision. He has been rooting for them since, I believe. Yeah. And so what are your initial impressions of the NBA? And what what do you like and not like about it? And I can try to convince you to become like super invested like I am at the moment. So that's not going to happen. Why not? There are several barriers to entry. Okay. One... Wow, there's a lot of content. There's just so many games, and I don't know what matters and what doesn't. Okay, that's true. That, that is kind of fair. But normally if something's on TNT or ESPN, it matters. I think that's just a fair way to go about things. And then... Well, there seem to be things that matter that don't even get, like, televised that well. Yes, that that is one issue I do have is how they t- televise, like, the games and how that... Again, big market teams get, obviously, way more favored than, you know, the small market teams, even if the small market teams are so much better than the big ones that any given year. Sounds like you're talking about Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee's good. I've been trying to watch other basketball games, like, not related to the team that I chose. I still haven't seen Milwaukee. Okay, well, but thankfully everything is on YouTube so, but like, if you do watch Milwaukee play, I do highly recommend that. Problem number two. Your boy hates highlights. Whoa. I hate them. Oh. They're dumb. <laughs> They're stupid. You don't get a good sense of what actually happened in the game from highlights. I... It's just like watching a litany of unnecessary dunks. <laughs> I would much rather you post the last quarter of the game. Because you would be stealing about the same amount of time of basketball, like of actual basketball played, hmm. and like I would get a better sense for what happened. I don't know. I, I I like highlights when it comes to the NBA. I guess more so than college, because like I will watch highlights for soccer. I will watch highlights for hockey. I will occasionally watch football highlights. Especially if, like, we're going to do a show and I need to remember certain moments of the game, I will watch football highlights. Basketball highlights are totally and utterly useless. I I, I like just the fast pace of action of basketball highlights. I like how it cuts out the free throws. I, I like just that you can see each team's offense when it's running and working well and get the feel of the game just based on 
just the made shots because you can you I can do that at least I can get the feel of the game I can I can feel the runs when they happen I can feel the tension when it gets close and you can tell when a team's not going through a very good like spell you can tell who's not shooting very well by who doesn't show up you know so what I do and what I've been trying to do to keep up with the team that I picked is to follow on Twitter specific media people from Market Redacted and watch for coverage. Um, there's a podcast called Hooked on Redacted <laughs> that I've been watching. Uh, and there's also like uh, SB Nation beat writers for mm-hmm. Redacted. Redacted. And, um, you know, there's, a, there's ESPN writers for Redacted. I like to read lots of different coverage because redacted is a team that you can think a lot of things about right now oh yeah they are you picked a good one to follow just in terms of terms of pure stories because it changes every game with this every single game i don't know how to feel i am like just totally awash but there's one undercurrent that i can't shake on that matter okay none of this matters till the playoffs because realistically because that'll spoil the video. Yeah. We're in a conference. <laughs> and on any given night, can I say that? No, I can't. I can't say anything. <laughs> uh, let, let me just say that this team's... No, I can't even say that. I think we've already said too much because... So in the video that we made... You know what? Let's let's let people who want to remain totally spoiler free for the video. Yes. Skip ahead. You might be able to reverse engineer what team I pick. You it, from the conversation we're about to have. I'm not going to say it. You might be able to at least eliminate teams. Yes. Because I'm going to say words like playoff hunt from now on, <laughs> which are pretty much going to take. Oh, I don't know the Knicks out of the conversation. A couple of the teams that I looked at out of the conversation. <laughs> um. Which could be a big spoiler. Continue. Stop listening 30 seconds ago. So, yeah. We're in the playoff hunt in our conference. The two through six spots in the conference are pretty much fluid. I think we're currently occupying the sixth spot. But wait a couple weeks, we could be occupying the two spot. Like, it's super tight at the top of that conference. I I honestly think... I no, word soup. I think that's amazingly fun to watch. It's fun, but also it doesn't matter because to me, what that says is any of these teams can beat any of these teams on any given night. Yeah, which means none of it matters until the playoffs. Seating doesn't matter that much. Yeah, you well, don't want to be eight. Yes. You probably would prefer to be in the top four. Past that. I don't know. Yes, home court does matter. And and also, with this 2-6 to six race, getting that 2 seed is huge this year in the West. Because Is it? Because the 1 seed's real good. That means you won't have to face them until the conference finals. And So? I don't think we care unless we win our conference. And you get an, and you get a seven seed in the first round, so you don't have to play any of those other four teams who are just as good as you, like. And that's gonna be such a battle, and anything can happen, really, in the time from first round to conference finals. That's like a decent month right there. 
Like, if one injury happens on the one seed to one of their key guys, that's your conference right now. Yeah, you're right. Like, like, like the like, Lakers can't afford to lose anybody. Yes, the Bucks and the Lakers are the two top seeds right now. Far and away the two best teams in the league. But if it one, would be a really fun finals. It would be a very fun finals. But if one of their guys goes down, all bets are off on who makes it. Because... Because if you take any of them out of the equation, then it's a total war zone. And in basketball, anything can happen like that. So, yeah. Here's the other thing. So, with so much of that mystery up in the air, and just how much the narrative changes from each team week to week, it seems. Like, that, that's what keeps me invested personally. Yeah, that's big. But that also says to me, hey, this sport's really fickle. And I don't know what to think about that. So, I'm a big soccer fan. I'm a big yes. Liverpool fan. One of the really incredible things about what Liverpool is doing right now, which we will talk about probably in a few months, uh, because in 99% of simulations done by 538, we win the league this year. So, uh, like it our chances. But, um, when we recap, we'll talk about this Liverpool team. I will rant for an hour. I will make it easily skippable for the people who don't want to watch it. Or, or consume it or whatever. But um, one of the things that they have to do because their season is so long but there's no playoffs mm-hmm. is that every single game matters. You, you win the league not only by beating the teams you know you need to show up against but by never dropping points perfection every time you go out there for 90 minutes and in this sport yeah you can get hot in february and win the stupid thing yes there are eight seeds that could win this year this honestly you know what maybe because because last night one of so one of the most special moments i've seen watching basketball in a while happened have you seen the highlights of zion's debut no. So, yeah, for the first three quarters, it was like, why am I watching this? Why did they put him out there? He was just, like, jogging up and down the court for five minutes, and they'd take him out. And then, fourth quarter happens. Did they let him loose? In three minutes and six seconds, he scored 17 points. 17 unanswered. Not unanswered. 17 straight playing? points for the team. They were playing the San Antonio Spurs in the, a key. Oh, yeah. A key, that's key in the race for the eighth seed, if you care about that. So it's a key game. So if this guy gets, you know, fully healthy, because he was only like 75% last night, that Pelicans team, if they get the eight, I, I, don't, I don't think I'd want to see him in the first round. If if he keeps on progressing, because last night was something special. Like, wow! Really? Yeah. So what is his injury? Oh, it's something with his leg. <laughs> but it's like, are they worried about it recurring? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they have him on a minutes restriction now. So they even put him in to finish the game after his seventeen point run. They took him out with three minutes to go, and they lost the game. But damn. Yeah. But for the most hype prospect since LeBron to go t- score 22 in his debut. Well, hurt. Hurt. Honestly, I 
I hope the rest of his career keeps that <laughs> excitement going because I'd like to see him do better than LeBron. Yeah, like I think that's feasible for his sake. I hope he does because just I can't imagine the amount of expectations like weighing on him. Like really, we're... have you ever seen an interview with the guy? Like we're both older than him. Like this guy, this kid. That is bananas. This kid is nineteen, and that kid is like, like I, I don't. Charlie Easley's age. Yeah. Like I, I don't. Oh God. It probably won't already show watching, like watching him now, but if he doesn't pan out, like just him in the future, thinking back on. One thing about Zion that's always been evident is like his NBA success is almost not in his hands. Hmm. You know, and I think he understands that. And he has to take every day like it comes and play the best basketball he possibly can that day. Because between that leg and NBA transfer politics, I guess it's trades in the NBA. <laughs> Transfers. The trade deadline's coming up, though, in a couple of weeks. That's that's a very fun time. Because that's when you get to see, like, one of those two to six teams like, some of them will just make a move that are like, we're going all in on this year. So it's fun to see who's buying and who's selling. So that's going to be a really fun week. Remove the salary cap. I strongly believe that. We can go back on the record now. The salary cap is dumb. It's stupid. Don't have it. What? Nope. Soccer teams don't have salary caps. Yeah, but... There should be a way to penalize the rich teams without having... The salary cap. There should be a way to handicap good teams. Here's what I think. Okay. There should be slightly less regular season games. 70 is what I'd like to see. What are they at now? 82. I would actually put it down 60? to like 60. And then have an FA Cup for basketball. Let's go. No. NBA FA Cup. It would be great. They're thinking about that. It's the best way to punish good teams. And to reward little teams who go all in on the FA Cup. When you diversify priorities in a sport that has a ton of games, like soccer or like basketball, it does one of two things. It forces the Lakers yes. and the Bucks to make... The Bucks. The, the Bucks are a great team, but they are... This is like... They worked so hard for this success, and the I, Lakers I, just bought I, everybody. We're talking about these, like, OP1 seeds right now. Okay, yes. The way that you could make both conferences competitive right now, or at least ensure that there are more interesting games in the middle of the season, mm -hmm. is by adding this thing. If I have to choose, you know, what matters to me for my rotation, then I have to choose. Okay. So if I'm the Lakers, I've got, like, basically three options. One... Tough it through. Uh, what? Explain the FA Cup for those who are not familiar. Sure. There's actually like several of these in English football because they work so well that they've decided to put in a lot of different mid-season competitions. But there is the Premier League. That is the NBA in this scenario. Mm -hmm. um, except instead, there's no playoff at the end. Whoever mm -hmm. wins... Now, I'm not NBA. saying that this is the that this should be the way the NBA Oh, okay, does. okay. Don't get rid of the playoff. That's dumb. Okay. Would it be better at finding the best basketball team? Yes, but the NBA playoffs are a special thing. Yes. In this scenario, the Premier League is like the NBA. Yes. The FA Cup is a tournament 
that happens in the middle of the NBA season, in this scenario be the NBA, in which both NBA teams and D-League teams... G-League teams. Is that why I thought it was called the D-League? Not anymore. Gatorade sponsors it now, and it's the G-League. Are invited to compete against one another. There are basically two buckets that that names go into before a round, and then we draw two names. So it's going to be like, this week the San Antonio Spurs are going to play the Boston Celtics. Whichever team is doing better in the league right now gets home court advantage. And um, effectively... Do the G League teams need to be in this? No, but that's how it works in the English okay. League is that the lower leagues are also involved. Hmm. Which is really, really cool because they can have incredible runs against teams that are way better than them because those teams have less incentive and less to play for than these teams. So, so, so it would be like if in the middle of a college football season, it's like, like you know the SEC, like how they have before rivalry week, they just beat up on FCS teams. But like that game did not count for like the playoffs or anything like that. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Mm, not really. Okay. Like there's nothing exactly to compare it to. Okay. In any other sport, the only comparison is this thing. Okay. So so keep saying things about the thing. So what I think so the way it works in English football is there's a big cash prize at the end for whatever team wins, and they get the TV rights. So it's important for smaller teams to go deep because that money goes further in a smaller budget, right? Mm -hmm. What I would propose is that you keep all the TV money from however deep you go, that the NBA sets it up as a very favorable deal for the teams to want to go deep, and then we add on, I don't know what a reasonable number is, but 10% to your cap space. Some percentage of cap space to say, if you win this, you get more money to spend next year on the league. Yep, that's a big incentive to get people to play, but also people are still going to care more about the finals, right? Yes. So now, back to that thing we were talking about earlier. If I'm the Lakers, and I I, I know I'm going to be good this year, and I'm I'm interested in being good in this tournament, but I also need to keep my players healthy, because when you think about it, yes. these teams that get out early, that's, what, 12 games they don't have to play. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody else is fresher. You're playing two a week when they're playing one. That's a big, big, big difference, especially even more than in soccer and basketball. Yes, with load management being the hot buzzword of the season. And, like, you can literally turn on a, a game between big teams any, any night and not know who's playing and who's not based on the rest schedules. Yep, which is frustrating. It is. The other thing it does is it lets these bigger teams, like, what if we said, hi, we're the New Orleans Pelicans. We really, really deeply care about keeping <laughs> Zion Williams healthy, Williamson healthy. So what we're gonna do is, uh, we're the New Orleans Pelicans. We really keep, care about keeping Zion healthy. So what we're going to do is only play him in games for this FA, FA Cup. Cup style tournament. 
And the rest of the season, he won't do a single thing in the league. But he gets exposure. And we get a chance at that stuff later on down the line. It would be a great way, especially uh, in an NBA that is not kind to rookies. You know, Mm. it is difficult these days to have a really solid rookie year unless you are like a generation defining talent who happens to be healthy coming out of college, which is like rare. (laughs) Imagine if, you know, there was some sort of ruler incentive that like if you play a rookie, the league grants you some sort of boon. For every rookie you start in this game... And they get a certain number of minutes, uh, you get a slightly bigger chunk of the TV rights. 1%. You have to bribe these people. Owners want to make money. You bet your ass that the LA Clippers would have gone in, in for this every single year under Donald Sterling. Which, as much as that guy sucked, would have given their fans something to cheer for. Yeah. Through some pretty dark years for that team. You incentivize things with owner's greed and make it, like, feasible for teams to, to make a run who are never going to make a run in okay. the regular league. Yeah, I could, I could see this working out for a lot of teams, actually. Like, the Orlando Magic come to mind instantly because, like, they have such a solid core of players, but there's, like, nobody who's going to win them a series or anything. So yeah. Does this mean that the Magic don't try when the Lakers come to town? Oh, yeah. they 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 beat but, the Lakers this year actually. Uh huh. Yeah. But so, wouldn't you rather see that in a game that really had some stakes? Oh yeah. Also, that means that like the Lakers have to try if they care. You know? Sure. Do you sometimes get games where it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do. like LeBron James, he's good for like twenty or thirty on any given night. But he's also good for eight, at least once or twice a year. He'll score like eight to ten points in a game. Yep. Like, and, and no one uses that as a knock against him because that, or people do. Of course they do. But like, that's just something that happens. We're all used to it, you know? So, yeah. That's I a, think it's actually a really good idea. I think that is a good idea. You were against it when we started talking about this. I, I so was. It seemed really trepidatious. Because just the way they were talking about it, it seemed... Like, the way you mentioned it with cap space works so much better than what Adam Silver was talking about when he's like, they'll just get a million dollars. Like, no one's going to care for that a million dollars. These guys are all rich and will probably just pocket the money anyways and, like, divvy it up amongst the players or something. But if you you offer them that incentive of cap space, I think that becomes so much more intriguing and what the NBA should be trying to do than just their current proposals of, one million dollars take it or leave it or um they're gonna take the seven through ten seeds and have them play for the seven and eight seed no that's dumb yeah that's dumb they're talking about that too they're also it's a totally stupid and they're also the stupidest thing they've had yet once you get to the conference finals they reseed them based on record what yes so like let's say lakers best record in the league bucks second record uh rockets um no, okay, let's say, yeah, Lakers best record, Rockets second best, Bucks third, Sixers fourth. So once it gets, so it's going to be... This is so profoundly stupid. Yeah. So, yeah, so it'll be Lakers, Sixers, and then Bucks, uh, Rockets. 
instead of Bucks, Sixers, and Lakers, Rockets. Bro, you played in two different conferences, and God knows one is always tougher than the other. Yes, that's such a stupid idea. Thankfully, they're starting to back away from that. And let's be honest, the only reason they're considering that is because in these next few years, there would have been a very real chance for an L.A. versus L.A. final. That's it. You and mean Golden State? No, Clippers, Lakers, finals. Oh, if the, I guess. If the Clippers can get their crap together... Because, like, they made some huge offseason moves, and yet nobody's healthy. And I don't even know if these guys like each other, which has been fascinating to watch. So, I actually don't like, like, the Love Islanding of basketball. Like, oh, I like play that. Together. This is, like, not something that comes up in the sports I normally follow. Do That's what really, I like about we, it. It's like, so petty. And, like, you get... No, nah, man. Like, oh, I the love that. The A-Rod beef is a perfect example of how sports beef should work. It should be low broil until you retire, and then you should hate on each other constantly. But you've got cases in, like, the Brooklyn Nets where Kyrie Irving, undoubtedly one of the most skilled players in the NBA, and the team is 13-0 without him. Like, come on. Like, just stuff like that. Just the dumb, petty drama that happens. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Oh, you don't care. That's lame. I like this league. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, my life is better now that I'm following Team Redacted. That's awesome. But, like, it's never something that I feel like I'm probably going to be. I might be wrong. Uh, we got we to wait for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think the trade deadline is going to be fun. Trade deadline's always fun. It's always fun just because of all the rumors. And then <laughs> it's an annual tradition to either be extremely let down or, like, I can't believe there were so many trades. It's either one or the other, and no one knows what you're going to get until the actual day happens. There's one more thing that I know you love the NBA for that I do not like the NBA for. Is that the slam dunk contest? No. <laughs> Although I like the slam dunk contest. Right. What the is it? The coverage. Oh, okay. The yeah. commentary. The pregame shows. The Inside the shows. NBA is the best I thing. I want to rip out my eyeballs. <laughs> It's so stupid and like faux down to earth and so memey and dumb and like none of the analysis matters because none of the games matter. Ah, oh, it's so frustrating. Oh gosh, there's nothing better than watching a TNT primetime game and then seeing, especially the late ones, and seeing Ernie, Kenny, Chuck, and Shaq just tr- stumble through a show. It's so funny. It's so funny. Oh my I don't gosh. I don't get the comedy of it. But uh, the other thing is frustrating and we we touched on this earlier. Like I was really excited for Team Redacted to play one seed in conference redacted. And that game didn't feel like it mattered to anyone. Like we just, you know, mm. we showed up. We were there. We wore our jerseys. <laughs> Thus ends our effort. Like, it was almost like we're resigned to the fact that, like, we're in a little bit of a slump, so we're just going to let this one go. Yeah. We're in a weird spot in our, like, rotation where it feels like everybody's having... Nobody's firing and everybody's tired. I don't know. Y'all are just waiting for that all-star break, I can tell. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, Unless star player Redact gets his mojo work and has one of those weeks he has, but... Oh, yeah, well, star player Redacted is... The best part of cheering for Team Redacted. Yes. Hands, by far and away. <laughs> um, other co-star player Redacted is fun. Yes. I don't know how to feel about 
other co-star player redacted. He's very controversial in City Redacted. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, in a week we'll be able to talk about all this, but until then, until then, we'll call it a night. And I will get it done on the we- by the end of the week because I said it on the podcast, so, so it has to, to happen. happen. Remember the merch? Merch.